blame oh, him for that. I was you the could one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. All your team suck, Barker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to Daft Picks. Yep. All right. As always, you just heard the uh, marvelous voice of Parker, our producer. Hello. Uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. As hockey is getting closer to returning, we've also got baseball on the slate. So we'll jump right into baseball to start. One thing I wanted to go over, sort of a trivial thing, but there's an article, it was like today or yesterday, it was written, yeah, it, was this, it was today. They uh, ranked like the pitchers based on like from aces to what they call applicants to the 2-3 guys and then like the rotation guys. And I just want to talk about some of the aces and get your opinion, Parker, okay? Okay. So, I want you to think while I'm pulling the, while, I'm, while I'm going down the article. I want you to think in your head, and for anybody listening, try to get an idea of who you feel are the best two to three pitchers in baseball right now. And then I'm going to ask you. So, Parker, give that a second to think about while I pull this up. And of course, we're going with this is obviously like a starting pitchers list because you can't be an ace without being a starting pitcher. That goes without saying, but just for reference point. Okay, I have the list up. So, I am good to go whenever you are. Okay. You got your list or not? Try to think who my third is. Uh, Take your time. So I'll explain it to you. So this is from, the article was written today on The Athletic from Mark Kerrigan and Andy McCullough. They basically talked about, like, what players are the best. So aces are obviously the franchise players, the front of your team, the best player on your team usually. Um, guy you can build around. Your applicants, as they call them, are your guys who are sort of verging on that. They can either go up with their potential, maybe they were a top player at one point looking to regain that form. Maybe they go down to a 2-3 guy, which is our next level. 2-3 guys slash rotation. And then just guys. Now, we're not going to go through this whole list. You can definitely read the article off The Athletic. But it's a really interesting uh, write-up before the season. And I actually was going to do something similar to this. I wanted to talk about my top 10 pitchers in baseball. So I'm going to branch off of this a little bit, too. Okay. So with that in mind, they I believe it says here that they only took aces who had like a unanimous vote. So, so who are your three best pitchers? So, in my opinion, I would probably say Max Scherzer, Jake DeGrom, and Justin Verlander. Okay. You got, so there's actually four. So is there a fourth one you can add on there? Garrett Cole. Okay. Parker got literally all four of them right. So they scored them out of four, I believe it was, just like a perfect rating. And they all had unanimous votes for the voters. All 20 people said that they felt these were aces. They gave Garrett Cole the number one position. It looks like Jake DeGrom, then Max Scherzer, then Justin Verlander. So you actually got them fairly in order. But yeah, that's interesting. And I have a little bit of a tangent I want to get on to it with Garrett Cole, just very briefly. I don't know if there was a smarter move in baseball this season than the Nationals and Yankees with the Nationals resigning Max Scherzer because he is... Was it, was it Scherzer they resigned? No, yeah, they, like, they resigned Strasburg. Strasburg. Okay, regardless, Strasburg also a good pitcher. To lock up those two, though, that's really smart by them. And, I mean, the Yankees getting Garrett Cole. I mean, he, Garrett Cole is... I literally woke up today, and I was like, Garrett Cole is a motherfucking Yankee. So, I'm excited. And, and that's, that's really where we're at with that. I just thought it'd be interesting to look at how they rank aces. We'll obviously be getting baseball back soon, but um, let me ask you this, then. Is there any pitcher right now in baseball that you see maybe moving up to that list as an ace very soon? Like, if you had to pick a number five. Oh, jeez. Um, I would say 
Walker Bueller. Okay. I think he's very close. I think you're right with that too, and he is actually the next name on that list. So, oh goodness, Walker Bueller is really good. He's got that versatility. I like Shane Bieber, who's also on the list. I think Shane Bieber's got a lot of talent. So that's where I'm Ooh, at. Shane Bieber, he's Cleveland, Indians. right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's that's where we stand now. And for the um, record, I think Yunjin Ryu and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Castillo. I think they're oh, think they're both Castillo? pretty close too, just because they're so yeah. young. Yeah, I saw a name that was in that list was Chris Sale, who a couple of years ago would have probably been an ace. So that's also an interesting name. I'm baseball deprived, so I, I live for that kind of list. Yeah, I, I see him as more like a high starter. Yeah, yeah. I ace is kind of like its own thing. Right. Well, ace is a guy you know, like, hands down, you're getting the best, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I'm okay with that. Moving right along in the world of baseball, obviously, like I said, we'll be getting that back. It's like a 60-game season, right, they said? Something like that. There are quite a few players opting out. It'll be interesting to see how this works, because they're using minor league stadiums as well, like the AAA stadiums, to uh, as like taxi squad places, which is also really weird. I, out of all the leagues, I think baseball has done this the most poorly, but <laughs> that might just be me. No, I agree with you. Okay. It'll be interesting to see. There's not like a lot on the front of that. I mean, a lot of it's confusing, too, because they really don't have the greatest plan in place to follow. So all I know is we'll be getting that back fairly shortly. We'll move on to hockey now after that little opener. So I guess it's you saw yesterday Austin Matthews confirmed he had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think he's the biggest name player we've seen with it yet come out and say that I had it. Yeah, I believe he got it a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, I recall it being about two or three weeks ago that they like had that whole thing with Toronto. I think it was even Steve Simmons who reported it. So that's interesting that that's correct. I I feel like we're going to see a lot more of this. I saw yesterday the Penguins had nine players who were quarantined for asymptomatic or whatever they called it. I'm curious to see how many more teams have to do something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really holding my breath for hockey. I mean, it's, like, it, it seems like... I'm just not feeling good about hockey coming back. I think, you know, I'm in the same boat, but honestly, at this point, it's going to come back regardless. Like, that's the thing, is it's like, smart or not, we're sort of being forced into that box of, well, you've got to force your way back into normalcy, which I don't know that's necessarily the best plan. Well, right, but I'm not saying this is going to happen, but all you need is one guy to get seriously hit by it for there to be a problem. Right. And you gotta remember, it's not just the players, but it's also the coaching staffs, the training staffs, and, like, whoever else they have in the building, too, because there's more people than just the players. Well, and, okay, I I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast, and they were talking about this. Actually, this was a couple weeks ago they did this show, but they're talking about how, um, how the situation, you know, is it smarter to bring it back or hold off? And, you know, they had some differing opinions, but the the opinion I agreed with was they're going to bring it back anyways, even if, I mean, here's the thing is, if there's a player, I'm not, like, I'm not going to give any specific names, but there's a player, a big name player who gets this, and not even, like, the worst case scenario, but, like, if they just don't recover as well as, like, you know, 100%, like, if they're only playing at 80, let's say they played 85% the rest of their career and the rest of their life, is that worth bringing hockey back, you know? 
that's the sort of moral ground you've got to take here. I don't know. It's a tough situation to be in, and I don't know if there's a right answer either. You know? Yeah, it's a it's a slippery slope. I do think the NHL has been doing a good job with regards to like safety. Yeah. But let's just say COVID doesn't care about safety. <laughs> that's true. You're not wrong. It's just very. It's a very interesting situation, to say the least. Because I don't, like I said, I don't know if there is a right answer. It's, you've just kind of got to put that to the wayside and hope for the best. Branching off of that, so did you, do you follow Greg Oshinsky at all? Name rings a bell. He, I think he writes for ESPN now. He, I think he was like, I want to say he was on Puck Soup too. He retweeted something this morning that was really interesting. I just saw this a couple minutes before we started recording. So... I'm not going to pretend to know who this goaltender is or what the really anything about the league, but there's a Swedish women's goalie. Uh, looks like her name is Sofia Ryderbond. Have you heard this yet or no? No. So she had made some comments on a podcast about Swedish hockey for the women's, talking about how she felt that it wasn't going to grow because they can't get people in the stadiums to watch games. It's like basically inferior to the men's game. She feels like Basically, the coaching staff wasn't good for the women's team. Bearing in mind, she never, she hasn't played with them since I think it's the 2016, and she has yet to make her senior debut. So she hasn't even played for the women's national team yet. And she said that she believes that contracts should include a like stipulation that prohibit players from being in a relationship of any kind because she feels it affects games. Really, really, really controversial stuff. She's had a lot of other comments apparently. I just wasn't, I wasn't sure if you saw this yet, but it's it's a really wild article. I think you can find it on the Ice Garden. Yeah, it looks like the, the Ice Garden posted this. I want to say they're like a... Oh, it's a women's hockey, like the SB Nation account. Any thoughts on that at all? Uh, obviously, it's not something you've heard of yet, but I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts back. I can see why there's controversy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of a wild story to pick up this morning. Are you supposed to once they get, got to the contract stipulation part? <laughs> like, I thought that was a little... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I thought she actually left the league and the team. It looks like she stepped away because I don't think the league took very well to the comments either. They had like a statement too, basically saying like, "No." <laughs> now, as far as other hockey news, there, there was something you wanted to get to today, wasn't there? Yeah, Ilya Sorokin signed a one-year contract with the Islanders. He's finally gonna be coming over after six years, but he's not eligible to play until next year. Has it really been six years? Drafted in 2014. It feels like... Drafted by Gordon Snow, baby. Oh, God. Snow must go. I remember back in the day when Snow must go was a thing. He was living <laughs> in the literal greenhouse of the, the owner, or the president, whatever it was. That was quality New York Islanders time. I'm just trying to pull up. I had some other thoughts today as well. There aren't a ton of players opting out in the NHL either. I did see Max Domi is considering it due to his diabetes, but I saw they're going to evaluate in like a few weeks, you know? That uh, would probably kill the Canadians because they're already lacking forward depth to begin with. And yeah. I believe he's their second-line center. He's basically their best player. I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. Okay, well, okay, we'll get back to this in a second. What were you going to say before that? I'm just loving all these young, really good Russian goaltenders, and they're all named Ilya. Oh, yeah, Shesterkin, Sorokin. Well, well Shesterkin's uh, Igor, but still, yeah, Sorokin, oh, Shesterkin, yeah. Samsonov. I mean, 
it's good for the Russian goalies. I mean, you don't see a ton of Russian goalies anymore. So yeah. that's, well, I'm, I'm I mean, I mean, you, you kind of do. I mean, there's like the two older ones in Bobrovsky and Varlamov, and then there's uh, oh, Vasilevsky. I always forget he's Russian because it doesn't sound Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. Um, I would say like Czech for me mm. personally. Back to the Max Domi thing. You don't think Max Domi is the Canadian's best player? I don't think so, honestly. First off, I would pick Brendan Gallagher over him. And Brendan Gallagher? And I also think Philip Dino's a very, 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 very underrated two-way forward. Yeah, but most teams' best players aren't underrated. Let's pull up some stats here, shall we? Okay. We, we need to, let's fact check this. Oh boy. Charco Blue. So, last season, Max Domi had 72 points. He had 28 goals. This season, obviously shortened. He had 44 points, 17 goals. So he was roughly on pace for the same thing. So he's a 70-point player, roughly. High 60s. Brendan Gallagher, who is a good player, he, he had 52 points last season, 33 goals. So he's more of a goal scorer. Didn't know he had 33 goals, though. And he was on pace for a little bit higher. Actually, he was on pace for around 60 to 70 as well this season. So maybe you're onto something with him being a really good player. I still argue for Domi, but... I can see where you're coming from. I, I do think Suzuki could have a higher ceiling than both of them, though. For me, that's a tough sell, just because I've never been a big believer in Nick Suzuki or Ryan, his brother. It's tough to say, because you could also make the argument for Cook and Yemi as well. I mean, give it a few seasons, but who who is the guy they just drafted? Because they just drafted that, that like undersized kid, didn't they? Cole Caulfield. Yeah, they just, they just drafted Cole Caulfield. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, I I, think yeah he could be really good, too. Yeah, I mean the Canadians really are in a good position. Side note, they really, you know, they really are. Yeah, forward wise, they finally have like good forwards in their system. It only took like ten years. Well, I, there's a. I remember I think it was Andrew Berkshire had a uh, had a gift pinned to his suite for a while. It was the um, Ocean's Eleven. It was like you think we need another one. It was just Mark Bergman for fourth and third leg grinders. He's uh, not wrong. Yeah, they had a bunch of those. That was basically their team. <laughs> Now, a little bit of free agent frenzy talk, which we haven't really done this year. Right now, I'm going to pull up a list of the pending free agents, and I just want to see who you think is going to be worth the most. Uh, do you have a list by you or no? If not, I can read you some of the names. Yeah, I found a list. Okay. So, out of the free agents, what, if you're like, who do you think is going to get paid the most? Maybe worthwhile, maybe not. I see there's two guys here that are going to get ridiculous paydays that they don't deserve. Would that be pretty much the top two in Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo? It would not be. You got one of them. It was Taylor Hall. Okay. Tori Krug? Nope. It would be Taylor Hall and Tyson Berry for me. Ah, okay. I feel like Mike Hoffman could get a decent payday, too. He's another one who probably... And when I say doesn't deserve it, I don't mean like they're bad players. I mean, they're obviously good players. I'd take Taylor Hall, Tyson Berry, or Mike Hoffman. Maybe Mike Hoffman. All my team in a heartbeat. But does Taylor Hall deserve $10 million? I mean, the one one guarantee with Taylor Hall, though, is that your team gets the first overall pick. That is true. You do get that added benefit of Taylor Hall's magic beans, apparently. (laughs) But, like... Take an example, okay, let's say the Lightning go after Taylor Hall for whatever reason. Are you willing to lose a player like, uh, who makes 10 million of you guys, Stamkos, for Taylor Hall? No, well, first off, Stamkos is a center, Hall's a wing, that would make no sense. 
Listen, I'm just trying to put it in perspective of cap space. I'm not trying to measure up. I'm just saying, like, are you willing to lose a player that makes that much to get Taylor Hall? Because that's what it's going to be for a lot of teams. They're going to have to pick between signing him and giving up some other players. Usually not high talent, but you're talking two guys maybe who combine for that. I, it happens every single year. The teams dump cap of players they should have kept. I mean, you saw it with the Blackhawks and Dalmerson. They dumped him so they can bring back the band. The other one, I feel, who's going to get paid a lot, even though he... Tyson Berry is a good defenseman who doesn't play defense. So he's a good forward. Yeah, because I feel for a while, he really got the benefit with the Avalanche, which is a really weird thing to say, of getting put out of the spotlight. Like, he wasn't really a star. Like, the Avalanche are not a big-name team, right? Like, they're obviously bigger in their own right, but you're not like... It's oh, a that's small the market. Hockey. Yeah, it's not the hockey mecca. Like, Tyson Berry was portrayed as a two-way defenseman there for a long time, being, like, the guy who goes back and forth. In Toronto, even though it's a newer team, well, you can see he was never really defensive. He was just fleet-footed, you know? That's how a lot of defensemen are now. It's They don't really play defense. They're just speedy boys, you know? Mm-hmm. He's the other one. You said about Mike Hoffman. What do you think he's going to get? I feel like he could definitely get, like, six or six and a half like he's definitely gonna make more than five right which maybe he deserves but i don't i don't know i'm still not the biggest fan of mike hoffman yeah me neither but he is coming off his best season he is and playing for florida can't be easy even with Gwenville there it's still not the easiest thing to do i mean they do have a lot of good forwards at least yeah i got you do you think dustin bufflin's gonna sign anywhere if he does it's not gonna be winnipeg yeah (laughs) Yeah, I honestly, I've got like a dark horse. I wouldn't mind seeing him go back to the Blackhawks, honestly. Yeah, same here. It's kind of weird, like, not seeing him in a Blackhawks jersey, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be cheap. Like, he's going to be probably less than a million. I mean, he's still getting paid by the Jets, so he doesn't need to take a big contract. He's going to get all that money. So he can sign anywhere for, like, league men. Why not? I mean... If the Blackhawks really want to do what they say to do, which is make a run with Kane and Taves, and I guess the whatever's left the core Crawford, then why not bring him back? Because Brent Seabrook, there's nothing left there. He's just not uh, he's not an NHL player anymore. He's just bad. He's legitimately not a hockey player in the NHL anymore. Duncan Keith is. You can pair Dustin Buffalo with Duncan Keith and get away with that. Yeah, watching so, Brent Seabrook's fall has been horrific to watch. Like, that, it generally hurts to watch him play now. Right. And he was, like, one of my favorite defensemen to watch, too. I was never a big Seabrook fan. Like, I respected what he did, but I always felt he was one of those, like, low-key, dirty players. He got away with a lot of under-the-radar hits, and I just, I don't know. Him on the Blackhawks, too, I always sort of felt like he was one of those guys, you know? Mm. So, Dustin Buffer, where do you think he's going to go, if he does? Probably the Blackhawks. If not, then a team that would need defense. I guess maybe like a high-profile defenseman. Maybe Arizona. Right. Maybe. That's an interesting one for Dustin Bufflin. Because, I don't know, I feel there's a lot of like attraction for free agents in Arizona. Because they really do have the makings of a good team. I think a low-key one, though, is Minnesota. Just because he's from there. I mean, they could probably use a defenseman, right? And a lot of other things. They can use anything. <laughs> they, can, they can use help. They need something, because right now they ain't got nothing. What else do we have on the agenda for today? 
Tyler Toffoli is a free agent. Evgeny Dadanov's one. Robin Lehner. Robin Lehner's an again. interesting one. We already talked about him a little while ago, but I think Lehner's... Lehner and Holtby are both two big names. I'd be interested to see where they end up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially I, with yeah. Samsonov going yeah. off. Well, I could see a scenario where the Golden Knights keep Lehner. Yeah, same here. I mean, they only have Flurry for two more years, I think. And uh, if I'm being honest, even a pipe dream, I think it's pretty fair to say Flurry's probably going to end up with the Penguins retiring there, even if he doesn't play for us again. So I don't see him returning to the Golden Knights when his contract ends. You know, maybe I'm wrong, and you can give me an outsider's perspective, but I feel like Wainer could take over there once he leaves. Now, do you think Kemper is going to get traded anywhere? Because, like, I think there's got to be a decision in Arizona between one of the two. I mean, I think it would have to depend on, like, how their contracts look like how long are either of them signed for i think they since they're both so similar it might see them going with whomever signed the long term already i want to say it's ranta that's long term okay then they might hold on to him because they did also sign him back in the day to be their starter and then darcy camper happened like eight years too late <laughs> literally literally eight years too late this is what he was supposed to be yeah, he's literally Tim Thomas. <sighs> Tim Thomas, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> Honestly, he, he could probably still play. Um, <laughs> His peak was at 37, man. That's, like, that's incredible. He really was the most wild goalie there ever was. What else we got on the agenda for today? Uh, Jacob Anything Markstrom's there? a free agent. I think they're going to sign him, though. I don't think, I honestly don't know if they believe in Demko. Yeah, what's going on with him? Well, okay, they really didn't, like, he played really well in Utica, and then he really, he hasn't played badly in the, the NHL, he just hasn't been, you know, he was touted, and I thought as well, he was going to be the stud goalie. He looks more like a starter, more than a, like, elite goalie, if I'm being honest. And I think, honestly, Michael DiPietro has sort of usurped him. Yeah, I think it's with Demko is that he's 24 right now, so, like, like, this... I mean... This is, I mean, he's still young, but it's like, it's also like, this might just be the player he is at this point. Right, and I think the thing with goalies, too, is it's like, yes, they do take a while to develop, like, 23-24s when they start. I mean, look at Jordan Minnington. But, you know, he had all this pedigree, he's had the opportunities, at some point he's got to put it together to be that guy. I don't know that he's really given the chance this season. I think he'll be given the chance next season if they do decide to part with Markstrom. And if not, I think they really do believe in Michael DiPietro to take up over him. Yeah. We'll see, though. Real quick, I want to toss this at you, too. So, going into the playoffs, we being that we both love goalies, give me your dark horse cons, Mike. Give me three candidates. You don't have to only take goalies, but I've got three goalies. <laughs> okay. Um... I ben, can go first if you uh, like. Ben Bishop, okay. Robin Lehner, and Igor Shestikin. Really? Okay. I'm, like I'm a big believer in him. His numbers were insane, and I think, like, honestly, I think he could get better. Just because, like, this is his first year. Right. I Yeah, I think, I think you're right with Shestikin. Ben Bishop's always a tough one to bet against, especially in playoffs. I, I mean, I saw on Instagram the other day, NHL put up, like, 
highest save percentage for goalies in the playoffs, and Bishop was number one. So he is literally, numbers-wise, the best goaltender in the postseason. Yeah, I don't blame you for picking him either. Laner's also a good one, you said. I think it's, I mean, honestly, either of the biggest goaltenders could be that, you know? I've always been a big believer in Laner. Like, even back when he was with Buffalo, like, he's always been, like, a pretty good starter. You're not wrong. Even back in Ottawa, I feel like he was good, too. There's been a lot of good goaltenders that have come from Ottawa, honestly. Right. Like, I believe Bishop was there, too, for a bit. Ben Bishop? No, I gotta fact check that. Or I might be that. thinking of St. Louis. Ben Bishop, let's find out. Ben Bishop the third. Oh, he's the third. Uh, he, he did play for Ottawa and St. Louis. Okay. Didn't know that. And the Sanders are like a quasi-goaltender factory, kind of. Yes, I'll give you that. I also forgot that he was drafted by the Blues. Interesting. Also, Yaroslav Halak, off-topic, one of those other goalies who's always everywhere. You know, he's, he's, I think he's played for every team, basically. Okay, so those are good ones. I'm going to give you my three, see what you think. I like a little bit of homering here. I'm going to go with Matt Murray, one of them, just because Matt Murray, you know my affinity to Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. Number two, kind of hot. really think he's probably going to be the best goalie in the NHL pretty soon. That's just my opinion. And the Flyers actually have a team this season, so that's good for them, even though I hate them. And honestly, number one, Elvis Merzlikness. I feel like he's been forgotten about in a lot of this. Yeah, I like him too. I think the thing is with me is that sample size is like just so small that I'm kind of hesitant to... Like, the sample size is smaller than uh than like Shostakins, so like... Yeah. But it's like no, the sample don't... size is also really good. So right, I, right. So it's like, I like Merzlikens. I don't feel comfortable giving him a pegging him to be like a con Smythe or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, J.S. Daguerre won it. Also, we're seeing a bunch of really good young goaltenders. And this it seems true. like they've all sort of like broken out this year. Well, they also... Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that, that crop of goalies was drafted at the same time. They were picked up around the same time. And they're all sort of developing now, you know? Right. But you're, yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, you're not wrong. We are sort of seeing a lot of, like, younger 23, 24 goalies coming up, which isn't a bad thing, because you also got to remember that the older crop is retiring, too. You've got guys like Rene and Lundqvist and Quick who are nearing the end of their tenures. Not to mention guys like, you know, Dubnik and um, even Price coming toward the end of their careers, too, sort of, although Price is a thousand years left on his contract. And Flurry's nearing there, too. Yeah, Flurry. I mean, there's the list goes on, honestly. I mean, we just saw Luongo retire. So, somebody's going to fill those jobs, you know? Yeah, it's not 2015 anymore. Although, I'm sure Jonathan Quick will still be around in 12 years. Honestly, I, oh, was, yeah, look, no. I was looking at Quick's numbers the other day, and he's really not, like, as good as, like, everyone's, like, said he was. He, like, I was really looking into it, and it's like, it was really just, like, the that playoff run he had. Because, like, I his regular season wasn't, like, weren't really, like, that strong. Like, he had, like, maybe three or four, like good seasons but like all the other ones have been like really bad well i think it was ben scrivens i think who broke it down like how goalies play maybe it was like with the players tribute it might have been like honestly a forward or somebody who broke down how like the goalies work and they said like look at jonathan quick look at how he this is a couple years ago like look at how he plays he's a great goalie but his skill isn't 
positioning or you know elite vision it's elite athleticism he's always been a floppy goalie with elite recovery like he could get in and out of position like that you know what i mean that's what's made him so good i think when you look at terms i think slight tangent here i think what people think jonathan quick is is what mark Flory and roberto luongo were you know what i mean like they were floppy goalies who knew how to stay in position Jonathan Quick, for the better part of his career, has been a floppy goalie who knew how to recover from a bad position. You know what I mean? Right. It's been tough seeing Quick's downfall, too, because, like, he's still got numbers that aren't terrible. Like, you can make the argument that on the Kings, he's an NHL goaltender. I don't know that he's an NHL goaltender for 27 teams. You know what I mean? So, I mean the Kings also don't have that much in front of him. Yeah, they're really bad. It's a good thing they got the second overall pick, because they need it. Like, they need Quentin Byfield fiercely. Yeah. I saw people complaining about them getting it, and I'm like, what are you talking about? They have, like, one guy in their pipeline, that's Velarde, right? Is there, is well, they got, they got a few, because they've got Velarde, they've got Anderson Dolan, they've got Arder Kaliev, and they just got that guy from the Leafs, too, um... It wasn't Derogatory said it was uh it was it was somebody. It wasn't Lily Green, was it? No, it was a forward. I forget who it was. They have a few like good prospects coming through. It's just gonna take time. They also don't have a good coach. They still don't have a great GM. They're still sort of for lack of a better term, they're still sort of stuck in the median. Are they trying to get one more cup with the old squad and just do a rebuild around them? Or are they just rebuilding with the old squad? Because, man, okay, look at, I want you to look at three teams who were able to do it, okay? Look at the Bruins, how they were able to continuously, you know, rotate fresh talent in around Bergeron, Marshan, and Krejci, whatnot, even Chara. And make that work. Look at the Penguins, the way they've been able to constantly rotate around Crosby and Malkin and Latang. And look at the Blackhawks with Taves and Kane and Keith. Those are three success stories. The Kings, is Drew Gowdy a good defenseman anymore? <laughs> is Anze Kopitar a good forward anymore? Yes. We'll get back to that. Is Jonathan Quick a good goalie anymore? I think it's interesting that all three of the California teams are in a very similar position. Like, oh god, I didn't even think about like that. The, yeah, you're not wrong. Like the Ducks are stuck in the mud. They are. However, they have gotten rid of most of their older guys. I think the only one left is Getzlav. It was still like Getzlav and Perry and like Kessler. Um, Kessler's uh, basically done because he's, you know, injured. Yeah. The Sharks. Which, they're in hell. They've got... They're in a worse position than the Kings, which is pretty bad, because the Kings are in a pretty bad position, too. Okay, so, yeah, so cycling back to the Kings, you were right about Kopitar. I actually thought he was doing... He had a bad season last year. He had a good season this season, though. He seems like he's still doing okay. The thing with the Sharks, they're all signed till like, 2024. <laughs> it's not getting any easier, though. Vlasic is signed till the end of 2026. Wait, what? He's like... Mark Edward... Yes, he signed that deal when he was 32. He signed until he's basically going about to be 40. He'll be, it'll be 2026 is when that deal ends. That's bad because he's already declining. He was in decline when he signed it. Yeah, I'm shocked that they signed him to that contract. I mean, he was really, really good at one point, but not anymore. Right, because I, I look at the two players that they like. Okay, the Sharks. Who is it? Is it Douglas Murray that's in charge of the, uh, or whoever, who's whoever, in, I think it's a player. 
whoever's in charge of the Sharks needs to be fired because they have been nickel and diming Joe Thornton, their best player ever, which, okay, he's not Joe Thornton of 2010 anymore. He's still good for like 30, 40 points, and they've been nickel and diming him. They stripped the sea off of him. They let go of Patrick Marlowe, who is still an NHL player, and yet they're keeping around the corpse of, the, of Mark Roger Vlasic, whatever's left of Martin Jones' goalie pads, and Brent Burns' beard. That's literally what they have. Am I wrong? Nope. And they're not getting better. They're getting worse. Do they have any prospects? Like, I can't really think of any. They would have if they didn't trade their pick. They have, like... Man, like, even Goldobins, he left. Like, they don't have anybody... Like, Kevin LeBlanc, I guess, is their best player, probably, if we're being honest. That's really sad. Because, okay, like... Logan Gauthier is still good, right? Right. Thomas Hurdle is good. Kevin LeBlanc is good. Is there any other good players on that team? Dealer Kane? Oh, Evander Kane, yes. But again, obtuse contract. Like, I don't hate that contract. He'll only be 34 when that ends, I think. Or I think 35. That's like a normal contract. Not bad. But not for a team who's literally on the downturn. The team that was so bad that their lottery pick went to sex overall or whatever it was. Not good enough. I mean, he got his money. He's living in California. I don't think he really cares. He's playing hockey. But they're going to have a hard time moving contracts like that. Even him. It's going to be hard to move him when they need to. Because assuming they didn't just sign him to play here for two years and then get rid of him. I'm assuming they're going to hold on to him for a little while when he's in his out of his prime. They're still going to be rebuilding. You know, good for them because they deserve it. Yeah, this I just is, don't get it. This is sort of the price you pay when you hold on to your old core for too long. I mean, granted, they were the model consistency in the 2000s, but, I mean, you have to retool at some point, and none of these three teams really did it. No. They, Anaheim's probably the best off, because yeah, they got Gibson. Yeah, they're in the best position. They also have Raquel. Raquel is good. They've got some prospects. Like, they've got Sam Steele. They've got a couple guys. Troy Terry. It's not a good Troy one. Terry. Like, yeah, those, two, got... those two could really be their top centers after Getzlaff leaves. Yeah, like, they, they, they've got players that are going to be good. That's not really a worry. Like, they'll be, I think out of the three of them, Anaheim's going to have the quickest turnaround, because they're already sort of on the, I won't say the upswing, but they're definitely not on the downswing anymore. They're, like, in the middle. They're just sort of stashing now, which, keeping Getzloff around isn't bad. I mean, they got rid of Corey Perry, that was smart. Kessler's not coming back, although, you know, if he does, I think he'll be, man... That's the one that hurts the most for me because I love Ryan Kessler. Mm-hmm. Same seeing here. Seeing him, seeing him downturn, like he's probably my favorite USA player of all time, and just seeing how he's taken a turn, I just mine's Ben Bishop. Yeah, that's all. I forget he's USA. It'll be interesting. I think, like you said, like I think we agreed, Anaheim's probably got the quickest turnaround, at least out of the three California teams. Do they have any uh, defenseman prospects? I want to say yes, but I honestly can't remember at the top of my head. I remember remember back in the day when they had, like, four, like, pretty good ones, and, like, only one of them was good in Lindholm. Yeah, because they had Lindholm, Vatanen, Cam Fowler, who's okay. Oh, I like uh, Cam Fowler. Colin Miller. And then they had, um, what's his face that went to Vegas? Colin Miller? No, not Colin Miller. It was, um, Shea Theodore. That was the other highly talented one. Oh, well, Shea Theodore's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, none of them are really bad. Like, even Vatanen, he's probably the worst of the group, but he's not bad. I mean, he's still a serviceable defenseman. 
if they still had all of them, that wouldn't really be a bad defensive core. If I'm being It'd be honest, it'd be expensive, but they wouldn't be bad. No, no, you're not wrong. That's an interesting team too. Like I said, I think Anaheim's gonna be okay because they've got Gibson in that too. And I mean, Gibson's probably up there for top five goalies. I think he really should be. If not, yeah, he's just like begging the hockey gods for more defense. Hey, he could always come home to Pittsburgh and play. I'd be okay with that. No thanks. You have the goaltender factory over there. We really do. Penguins really do be getting goalies every couple days. It's great. I love it. Win for the day, uh, Degaya gets his moment to shine. What the fuck did you just say? Dave Degaya? He's the ECHL goalie. Oh my. Okay, I get the joke you're going for. You didn't even get his name right. I didn't remember his first name, so I guessed. No, you got David right. It was, you... <laughs> right? Isn't it Degaya? It's David De Gea. Oh, I. You know me. I can't pronounce names. <laughs> that was. Man. So we're calling you Payless because you shoehorn that one in. So what else do we got on the agenda today? See, that's the thing. It's like we're sort of just going off on tangents because there's not like a ton of solid news to talk about. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to go over today? Not that I think of off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we don't. Until the game start up, we're really just kind of going to be doing this. So we can save some of this for next time. I did have an idea I wanted to write next time, which was I'll let you pick it here on air. I'm either going to do the, uh, I'm going to bring you up a list of 10 best goal horns or 10 best goal songs. Oh, boy. Maybe some worst ones in there. We do the top five and bottom five. I, I can already tell you my least favorite goal song. It's Chelsea Dagger. <laughs> Am I, I wrong? I mean, no. You're okay. not wrong, honestly. No, right, well, I guess we'll wrap there then, right? Okay. All right, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday like we usually are. We had a couple weeks here, we, which is my fault that we scheduled out of order, but here we are. We'll be back on Sunday. Until then, we will keep it locked, and we'll see you then.